Hello and welcome to the You Matter to Christ podcast. Many of our listeners and guests call this podcast an experience because throughout the variety of extraordinary people we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business goals, people forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. On this show, you'll hear from professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyday people from all walks of life. Discover the profound truth that regardless of your background or circumstances, you matter deeply to the creator of the universe. You were made for a purpose, and you matter to Christ. Get ready for inspiring stories, personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ. That's interesting. Okay, it's recording. I'll just chop it and go. Hey, everybody, Chad Burmeister, and I am your host of the Living a Better Story podcast. And today I am with someone that's very cool, 25 plus years in her line of business. We're going to ask her to tell you about what that is. Kit Rogers Watson is with us, and she is the CEO of Brain Code Corp and Neurosport Academy. And it looks like some of the work you do with some of these folks are pretty amazing. So welcome to the show. Well, thanks. It's really great to be here. I love what you're doing. So it's an honor to to share my story or part of my story anyway. Well, this will be fun. There's so much going on in the world today that uh, yep. these conversations are more important than ever with suicides up and people losing yep. hope in a lot of areas. And so I hope to put some light onto some things today that can maybe give that sure. person a little bit of hope today. So Yes. Help us get to know you, Kip. I like to rewind the tape and go back to when you're young. Yeah. Right. Okay. All those right. are the days like it. six, seven, eight. We we kind Ooh. of we haven't been influenced by the world yet. Where were you right. raised? What were you passionate about? What was your thing when you were younger? Well, uh, I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, with a dad who was a professor at the Ohio State University. So from an early age, I was uh, exposed to sports and the best sports, given that we were in a Buckeye country. Um, my dad was a collegiate golfer, so really young, he had me had me golfing. Um, but my parents were really good because they allowed me to explore different sports. And I think around that grade school level, like I was doing swimming, I was doing tennis, I was doing ice skating. Um, I was in the typical dance classes of ballet and tap, um, which exposed me a little bit to gymnastics, which was eventually the sport I chose in my youth. But there was a, a, a big variety of going and watching high level sports and then like beginning to learn, like, which sport do I want to participate in? Um, so at six, I know by six, I had gone to my first football game at the shoe. And that's definitely where I fell in love with the sport of football. Cause you know, it's, it's the Buckeyes. So how could you not love football? Um, but I definitely had a girly side. I, um, 
I definitely loved clothes. And I have a vivid memory of telling my mom to stop dressing me about five years old. Mm-hmm. So, cause she wasn't doing it right. So that's, I mean, that's still a passion I have today. Wow. I did go to my first Ohio state game, uh, maybe three years ago. And it yep. was really an experience, all of the red everywhere. And yes. the people take you in, right? I was by myself and there's a couple oh. next to me and a couple next to them. And yes. they were like showing me the ropes and, you know, buying right. Here's what you do. These and, are all the traditions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, it was. Oh, really nice. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. so I can, I can taste that right. And the smell of the grass and, and yes. just the, the feeling of it. If you were to, you know, think about how does that relate to now what you're doing in the world? Is there a, is there a thread between then and now that, that kind of brings you full circle? Well, yeah, I mean, I, yes, I guess I, I think, you know, you describe your first experience in that stadium and, and there's a little bit of what I would call a spiritual experience. I mean, you're, and especially as a, a young kid and you're there with a hundred thousand other people, it's just one of those experiences that, uh, you know, it has a profound or a defining sort of effect on you. Um, and so I think, you know, I, I've always had that sort of connection to sports being kind of a spiritual experience. I think, you know, given that I was exposed to high level sports at a, at, you know, at an early age. And I, you know, I, I mean, I guess that secret connection is that, but definitely, I mean, I think it's a divine perspective that I, that I, honestly have about life taking that eternal perspective into everyday life to influence impact and educate whoever god puts in front of me that spiritual kind of feel just even the guys in the picture on your linkedin profile i get the feeling of like (laughs) they're just good dudes you know they're they're there to make a difference in the world well yeah i mean i that's always been you know, my personal mission is kind of what I just quoted to you to impact, to influence and to educate. And I think it's, it's more than helping athletes achieve their um, physical goals or their, their sport goals, but it's, it's being able to see that they become better people because of their involvement in sports. Wow. So my friend Daryl Stinson is a TEDx speaker. He just hit a million views of his talk and he runs a company called Second Chance Athletes because he got injured, mm. he didn't make it. And so he had to find a new career and now he speaks and he's an amazing dad, an amazing husband, has three beautiful daughters. And I have to believe I've been a little around sports. My father-in-law was a financial advisor for football players. Yeah, yeah. And there's a large percentage that don't end up making the full, the full dream. Um, have you seen, what have, what have you, what have you seen? Cause I think we can go two paths here, right? One is what's happened in your life. That's a challenge, but also yeah. you might be able to expose, Hey, let me tell you a few stories about some of the people that I've worked with and how they rebound. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have like, stories that didn't go well along that line and, and stories that have, um, 
I, and I, it is hard. I think a lot of those guys, when they reach kind of the college and professional levels are not actually equipped with those life skills to deal with everything that they're being inundated with. Um, and so there's a lot of therapeutic issues and and like the financial piece is a big part of it too like they have no concept of how to manage their money and get taken advantage of pretty easily and i've seen that even family members taking advantage mm. of of these athletes and when i recommend right that they need to cut that off and stop that or they're going to face some serious consequences sometimes they listen to me sometimes they don't um and that's hard to watch when they don't heed probably even you know what your father-in-law does right or the relative yes, you mentioned yes. it's that it's um you know when they don't heed that advice and you watch them tumble it's it's so hard because you know that could be different for them well that's funny because a person on my board jason adams is with a company called the athlete group out of dallas oh, and, okay. and yeah. he works with major players, coaches, and he's quote unquote, the deal whisperer. So they'll come to him and say, Hey, I want to invest in this marijuana facility. It's $8 million out of my 9 million signing bonus. And yeah. um, I want it. Why? Well, why do you want to do it? He'll ask. Well, because yeah. I want my brother to work there and I want him to retire there at the marijuana factory. And he'll say, yeah. okay, what are your goals with this investment? Right. Right. Well, you know, I think I should make like a million dollars a year on the 8 million investment. Oh, yeah. and then Jason reads it and says, no, no, this, this all is just a, it's just throwing your money out the window, basically. Right. And that happens right. 95 times out of a hundred oh, with all, all of these lousy investments that come across. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I've seen that too. And, and I've seen it too, just, um, hmm. you know, I had you know, one client who was transitioning or forced really to transition out of the NFL. Um, but, you know, he had multiple baby mama drama <laughs> and, and given some of the choices that he made, he was finding it very difficult to find any kind of job. So he went from being a multimillionaire to like essentially going back and living with his parents, mm -hmm. you know, in his mid thirties, hmm. um, broke and not able to see his kids and you know is this it you know we don't have those life skills right and we're talking about like a super bowl winner even right and and now we're retired from football but guess what you got the rest of your life to do something else and whenever i assess an athlete i i you know i will my company will brain code them which is their innate mental wiring. So they know exactly their strengths and weaknesses physically and mentally given their sport. Um, but we always do a career report based on their brain wiring and a stress management report based on their brain wiring because they really do need to know what else they're good at doing. And, and that becomes essential in that transition. That's neat. Well, and it turns out there's some innate characteristics in these competitive athletes that can be, you move one degree over to a different yes. career and look out world, right? They could really do some fabulous things. Right. I mean, athletes, especially at that level, we're talking like NFL are very mentally wired to read and react and then respond quickly. 
which can work very well in a number of other fields. But what they also have to learn, life skill, is to be uh, self-disciplined <laughs> and self-control and personal responsibility, um, make good choices. Like I wish those were the hashtags on the back of the helmets and instead of what I'm seeing, I'd rather see that, you know, um, as, as messages that we want to convey. We want you to stay strong on the field, um, but off the field, they gotta make better choices. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> what do you, when you start working with someone, take us through kind of what does that look like right when i mean is it just vary across the board or what's a typical client relationship look like when you're doing work with these folks yeah well typically um so we do a mental assessment first which involves a very lengthy intake form and i make them write um you can't do it digitally because i want to see how well you write and what they write and that always tells me something um, we sit down for about an hour and um, I interview them and I'm asking them, um, you know, other kinds of questions because I am looking for how they're innately wired and looking for where they're at with, with certain life skills. And then I do have a short online assessment that they take and we go through those results. And then I, you know, I do make a fairly customized um, recommendation plan for improvement and um, I'm going to be working on those mental, emotional, spiritual skills. If there are mental issues, say the, the, like what I mentioned about read, react, respond, I may refer them to do some like vision training and response training and things like that, if that, if that's a need or, and, and so, you know, there may be parts of it that I may, you know, refer out, but then the life skills and mental training look like sessions kind of like this, if they're in another city. Um, over Zoom, where I'm teaching them a tool or a mental skill, a mental tool. Um, and there's some education to it, some questions. Um, and then, yes, I give homework to do. <laughs> ah, got it. So I assume th this will be an interesting question, I think. You, I'm, I'm assuming you've, we all have challenges. We're human. Um, sure. It, is there something where you kind of, I call it hitting the buzzsaw, right? Something in life that just totally disrupted your world. But then the second part of that question is you're coaching these folks to become high functioning athlete, mental and physical. Is there a time where you, you know, you're coaching someone and you're like, oh man, I need that lesson too. <laughs> you know? Oh, well, pretty much every week, I'll say something that I'm like, whoa, I'm the one that needed to hear that. Mm -hmm. Like that, that was like, that was very important or poignant for me. Well, uh, if it's something I'm going through, or maybe even my own kids that are 22 and 20 now, and involved in collegiate sports. Um, so yeah, that happens a lot. Or I'll say something and I'll be like, whoa, that didn't come from me. That was good. I need to write that down. You know? I need to write that one down. <laughs> I love that. Yes. So tell us about a challenging situation in your life that you're comfortable sharing on the podcast. Well, yeah, you don't reach your 50s without having um, a number of painful things that I have faced. And you know, one of those happened for me when I was in college. Um, I was sexually assaulted um, my sophomore year, 
and I did not tell anyone for four years. And those four years, as you can imagine, were not good. <laughs> um, there was immense difficulty, poor decision-making, um, and really a, a, a genuine hatred for myself. And, and now I, I, I've termed it like a lie identity. I really developed a lie identity about myself that you're damaged, you're not good enough. Um, and so then after, you know, after those four years of revealing that, you know, I did the work um, and working through that painful experience. And, um, you know, now it's just, it's just a memory and really not even a, a painful one. It's, it's, it's an experience I had. It was a painful experience I had, um, but really, but you um, processed it. it. You were able to work yeah. through it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's neat. That, and that's what work I do with the guy named Robert White. He calls complete your past, tell the truth about your current reality, and then, and then live a better story is the part we've added to all of that. But you right. really have to complete your past. You're telling yourself a story, yeah. right? Mine was dad, dad didn't love me. And it's the most bullshit mm -hmm. thing you could ever make up. But it's, it was what I felt because he didn't come to the right. soccer games and the swim meets like mine yes. did because he's out um, yeah. working at, at a radiology, right. you know, making good money. And, and then yeah. he doesn't say he loves you because he's from the Midwest, Wisconsin. So that's kind of, <laughs> wasn't a thing back in those days, probably mm -hmm. where he was from anyway. And um, yeah, you know, and so that spiral for 25 years up until maybe five years ago. Uh, and yeah. finally I'm like, I go to this four day event where we do that unpacking and I'm just like, 3.30 in the morning, wake up bawling, like, wait a minute. He's been at every house. He put in a workbench for me. He's obviously this dude loves me. Why did I make He shows you in a different way. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think as kids, that's, you know, as kids, we have an interpretation about our reality at that time. And then as an adult, we can look back and go, wow, that was, that's not accurate. You yeah. Know? And then we put yeah. blockers in the, in our own mindset to our own yeah. capability, whether it's delivering yeah. value, making money, the relationships we get in, oh. it's, it's all inside. Yes. Yes. Very little external. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. Right. And, and those are like, those are definitely, I've definitely recommended that, you know, I mean, the gift of all the painful things I've gone through, including that assault. I mean, I've had male athletes tell me about sexual assault and female athletes tell me about sexual assault. So knowing that I have gone through something similar, I think definitely gave and gives them comfort. But I think it's, it's almost even a little bit different and satisfying for them to hear that there's been an overcoming to the point that oh, you're sexually whole and you're not afraid of being a sexual being and you're, you're open about talking about it and you're, you're not gripped by fear. And so, yes, we really have to do that deep dive work in those defining moments that we've had, like you even shared yours, is so important as we become adults because maybe we were victimized, yes, but I'm not a victim. That's right. Right. I was victimized, but I'm not a victim and I can't take on that identity. 
Um, just like you're saying, like, I couldn't, I can't take on the identity. My dad didn't love me. That's not true. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's right. Um, tell me about what gets you passionate now, because you, you do get to work with a lot of neat people. It sounds like what's, yes. what kind of gets you up in the morning and what are you excited about doing in life? Okay. Really just one thing. I, this one thing would be hard, but, um, you know, I think, I think that passion to impact lives and that eternal perspective makes it easy to get up every morning. Cause you just never know what the day is going to hold. Um, I mean, I mean, every single day is, it, you know, it's a different slot of people and those are incredible, very fruitful conversations usually. So that impact to make not just better athletes, but better people is important to me. And I think, like I was saying, like, I want them to understand self-control, personal responsibility, um, that it really is, they've, they've got to be able to manage their choices well in life, both on the field, off the field, on the court, off the court. Um, and those types of things. I'm definitely passionate about my kids uh, and what they're doing. I'm passionate about my Buckeyes and uh, I'm still passionate about fashion too. <laughs> ah, that's excellent. I just wrote a kid's book with an, a company called Dinosaur House. And so this guy, Timmy, used to be Peter Pan in Orlando. And so he created a relationship with kids that's unique compared to most. And then yeah. he had a younger brother that was 10 or 12 years younger. So being able to tell a story that his little brother understood and communicated values was good. So he can do that, right? He just helped another entrepreneur become number one kids bestseller last week. Well, oh, this yeah. book's called, Oops, I Stepped in My Poop. And, yeah. and it's my son actually <laughs> stepped in his style. poop when he was about eight years old. He, we yeah. were fishing. He's like, dad, I got to go. And it was in the woods in yeah. California steps in his poop. Right. And it's like, we all step in our poop from time to time. So yep. we did five stories of the founders of living a better story. One guy, when he was a kid, he, put, he was in a crane that had a big, huge concrete barrel on it. And they're like, should we play with it? And they pushed it and it cracked in pieces. Well, Ooh. the moral of the story is my grandfather's 10 tips for my life that I got in eighth grade confirmation class that yeah. said, number one, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Yeah. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And so the whole premise of the book is if you forget all the other eight, remember those first remember two, those. Yeah. the love the neighbor as yourself is like so basic human. Yes. If we can all grasp that and go, it doesn't matter which side of the tracks you're from. It doesn't matter how you believe because your beliefs yeah. are yours. And, yeah. you know, that's what we tried to put uh, in the book. And we're getting a lot of orders of this book so far. So it's kind of fun. That sounds like a great one. I'm going to have to order it. <laughs> Check that one out. Yeah, I, I could send you yeah. a copy. I have 25 at home. So I'll send nice. you a signed copy. Um, all right. Tell me about a time where... God showed up in your life where it was, and this is a Timmy question, actually, funny enough. Yeah. Um, where did God show up where it was just undeniable? Because some people think, well, I can't really have a relationship with God. You know, he just made me. Um, have you had a time where, where you felt that it was just God was there? <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, 
I guess, honestly, that night um, that I was being raped, I, I, it's a very vivid memory of um, like, while that was happening, um, looking off to the left, and there was a window kind of in the upper left side of the wall. And it was just raining, like just lots of rain. And you know how water kind of trickles down a window and I'm crying. And for whatever reason, I mean, I see it as divine. I see it as God's presence. Like he was weeping at what was happening. Wow. And I, I just remember, I remember seeing that and thinking that and just being like, it's going to be okay until I can get away. And that really, that's really honestly how I took it. Um, that his presence was there. He was weeping. He was crying. I'm crying. Um, but that I was going to be okay. And I, I, I would, I would be able to get out of it. Wow. That's really a image of, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that he's there in, in the yes. hardest situations, right? When, when, when I had the virus and I was 337 in the morning and I was in bed and I was like, you know, I can't really get up right now. I have a headache. It's mm -hmm. pounding my, it's blurry. Mm -hmm. My, my mm -hmm. oxygen level is 84 and it's supposed to be 92. And yeah. I, and the, the nebulizer sitting against the wall and I go, all right, I have to get there. So I go do the nebulizer and it's pounding. And literally I, I'm right. I'm writing a song about this right now. It's called 10 minutes mm. from the end of the road, because mm. literally I saw the end of the road and I prayed and mm. I was like, God, I know you're here. I'm mm -hmm. if you yes. need me now on the other side, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, you can mm -hmm. take me. It's okay. Yeah. I've done yeah. everything in my power. Now I think I have an assignment here on planet earth. And then I teared up and I was like, you know, my kids are 18 and 19. I'd really like to be there for their weddings when they're older. And I was like, right. It's okay. They, they'll, they do okay without me. And I was like, and then he goes, okay, you need to stand up. And I went into the bathroom and I threw up about a half an ounce and I yes. felt so good. Right. It's like when I go fishing yeah. in Alaska and I throw up and I'm like, yes. oh. and it was a release. And then I right. went to sleep and I was, well, I was calling for my wife. I'm like, ah, crazy. I, I can't breathe. And finally I sleep yeah. all night. We go to the ER the next day and the wow. angels in the ER are just angels. Yes. Yeah. They're like, here, do this and this. And you feel yeah. so comfortable that I was like, why was I trying to self-medicate? And I it bought an right. oxygenator. I was trying to do it on my own. But when I yeah. turned it over to God, it was like, duh yeah yeah you know, 10 minutes yeah. from the end of the road and that's where i can't wait for this song i'm writing it with a really good friend because all of us are 10 minutes from the end of the road sometimes in our life oh for sure i've been there about three times in my 55 years i mean that was one of them and, and i think you do you know, some people, when I've shared that part of the story have said, like, how could you possibly think that like God could have stopped it or never would have happened in the first place. And I'm like, that's true. But if you read scripture, then you, you would have an understanding that God is still good, even though these bad things are happening because he allows free will. And, and so 
you know, that's a hard concept for some people, but I think once you can kind of overcome that or look at God the way he tells who he really is, then you do see him in those 10 minutes, right? You see him in those dark spaces because he is still there. Yeah. Wow. It gives me the goosebumps. Um, so final question is one of my favorites, and that is around faith. Um, yeah. I often ask, what role does it play? And then most people's knee jerk is, it's everything. So let yes. me curve it for you a little bit and, okay. and ask you, what is faith, if you were to define it, how do you define faith? Um, well, I, I think it's, it's, you know, very similar to the biblical definition is, um, for me, it's a trust the belief, the trust in God, even though I can't, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what next year holds. I don't know what five years, 10 years. Um, I don't know when I'm going to be right at those 10 minutes. And then I am going to, you know, pass through the threshold. Um, but I, I just believe that he's here. He's guiding, he's directing. When I pay attention to it, it's a little bit easier to see where I'm supposed to be going. Um, and so it's just trusting him with those life decisions, the guide, the, the transformation that I have experienced because of faith from being a very broken young woman to a single mom of, of strength and boldness, um, a women's football world champion, raising two kids on my own while building my business, like only God by my side could I have, could have done that and do that. So, well, there may be an app that some of your people could get benefit from. When my son had his burn accident in February, that was another ten minutes from the end of the road situation, and mm -hmm. he fully recovered through prayer and mm -hmm. three weeks in a burn center, second, third degree burns, face and hands. Oh wow! And now wow. you wouldn't know it. Like it's very, oh, wow. very well rebounded. Well, so yeah. I created this app called 77 Pray. And oh, it's, okay. it's yeah. a reminder app, right? And it says, hey, yeah. pray. This is the day the Lord has made. That's what my grandfather used to pray. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let yes. us rejoice and be glad in it. Click a button, read a Bible verse. Now, sometimes they're funny because they're a little out of context. But yeah. just getting that one verse in my head at the beginning of the day then yes. invite right. someone to the app because you want to share the word with other people and then bookend your day with the prayer at the end. So morning, night. Mm -hmm. And then if you have a prayer request, like Noah, the place was, for it. you put a place for it. You don't want that on Facebook. You want it in a private environment. Right. So we, right. we charge a dollar a month and we donate it all to food for orphans. Uh, oh, that's the world. great. So that's great. Uh, you, check it out. It's first month free. <laughs> Definitely. Thanks for sharing that. Well, Kip, I've really enjoyed having you on the show. Um, uh, I'm honored that you would, you know, confide and share uh, everything with me because like you said, it's, it's just a story now. And it's, and right. it's, it's neat. I think for people who may be facing their own traumatic events right now in their lives, and there's people like I've you out there they can that. talk to and and yeah. know that it can be in the rear view. It the right. mind is an interesting thing. And isn't it? Yeah. You know, and, and there's people like you could that can help us through these things. So really an honor talking with you today. 
Well, thanks for having me. It's been fun. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining another Living a Better Story podcast. Chad Burmeister here with Kip Watson. And if you want to reach Kip, her website, Brain Code Corp, is probably the best, uh, the best place to go. Yep. All right, we are out. Thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ.